With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now. And if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. I know. Joe Schmidt. How you doing, man? All sorts of celebrities out here today. Yes. Baby. All right. Paul's still on the phone. We're going to start all over again. Paul, are you there? Yeah. What I did when I was waiting, I went through and did his instructions. I pulled it. <laughs> there we back go. Okay. But now, what? Do you want to start all over again, Hondo? Yeah. Let's do that again because this is kind of a timing thing, and we kind of got a little bit rushed on the previous segment. Yes. So I just want you to. Do you mind, Paul, if we try it again? No. Go ahead. Okay. Your card the other time wasn't the king of diamonds, was it? No, 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 it wasn't. Okay, that's fine. Uh, do me a favor. You've got your deck, right? Yes. All right, go ahead and mix them up. Maybe you've already done that. Now you, you want them facing the same direction. Yeah, now. All, all cards face down. Okay. Okay. All right, now cut off less than half of the deck and turn it face up in front of you. Memorize the card on top that you're looking at. Okay, I did. All right. Now, I'm going to have you shuffle them so that all the face-up cards go into the face-down cards. So let some face-down cards fall, then shuffle, and make sure some face-down cards uh, on the top at the end. You follow me? Got it. All right. Now, cut them right in the middle. Cut them right in the middle in two piles and put the bottom half on top. Okay. Now, here's where we kind of, we were hurried before. What I want you to do is I want you to, I'll explain it first, and then I'll tell you when to start. I'm going to have you deal through the entire deck at a constant pace, putting every card down in front of you in a pile. Some will be face up, face some will be face down. When you come to a face up card, simply name it, but just keep a constant pace dealing every card in a pile in front of you. Is that sound Got clear? it. All right. Ready? Oh, so you just want you want all the cards, but you want me to tell you when there's a face-up? Uh... Yes, right. You're going to just okay. deal every card at the same pace, face down in front of you, going through the whole deck. And if you if the card is face down, there will be a pause. If the card is face up, just name the, those cards as you come to them. Okay, so I'm not naming the ones I that aren't face up, correct? Correct, correct. Right. Okay, got it. Okay. Okay, okay. you ready? Yep. All right, go ahead. Ace of spades. You did cut the deck, right? Yep. Nine of clubs. Four of clubs. Queen of hearts. Five of spades. Queen of clubs. Three of diamonds. Seven of clubs. Nine of hearts. Nine of diamonds. Four of diamonds. Six of clubs. 
10 of clubs, 7 of spades, and 5 of diamonds. Well, this is a tough one. It really is. I mean, I have no idea, but I was just trying to get a sense from your voice. From, from Some people, their voice changes when they're looking at their card. You didn't consciously change your voice, did you? Sorry. No, I didn't. Okay, so that's okay. okay I, kind of, I kind of picked up on it like you did. Uh, uh, was your card by any chance a cherry-colored card? Uh, no. Oh, so you've never heard of black cherry? <laughs> yeah, your card was a black card. Am I right? Yes. For some reason, I'm feeling like it was a face card. Is there any chance of that? Um, Remember the card you were supposed to look at? Yeah, yeah I do. No, it wasn't a face card. You're kidding me. But it was a black card. Yes. Hmm. Well, I just, uh, you know, it's just not, you know, it's. I can narrow it down to the, uh, to the seven of clubs. Or... Well, that wasn't it, was it? No. All right. Or the, see, this isn't working. Five of spades. <laughs> Five of spades. No. Six well, of, six of clubs. Let me tell you what it was. Yes, please do. Well, it was the ace of spades. That's why I hesitated because that's not technically a face card, is it? No, but it okay. really Do you have any queens? should not have been your ace of spades. <laughs> ace of spades was the first card you named. And... Yep. Had, had you cut the deck, it, it, that should not have been up there in the top. But that's all right. This is not a, a sure thing. And, uh, <laughs> I told Patrick we'd give it a shot. Yeah, okay. Thanks, Paul. Yeah, thanks, Paul. Yeah, no problem. All right. <laughs> now I want you to give one trick to Manny Hill. All is right. that why? Hang on. Is that why when he said Ace of Spades first, that's why you asked him, did you cut the cards? Exactly, because, okay. because what I was really thinking at that point was it was the Ace of Spades, mm -hmm. but it shouldn't have been. So I actually thought it was, but it shouldn't have been. Sometimes uh, you got to trust your first instinct, you know? Gotcha. Uh, mm -hmm. So I'll do a quick one for you. Just name a card in the deck. Just name one. Just what name comes one? to mind, yeah. Uh, seven of Hearts. All right, the Seven of Hearts. Let's see if I'm playing with a full deck. Um, and as I go through this deck, it's interesting that I'm not seeing a seven of hearts. Go, go with another one. Um, king of spades. All right, I can handle the king of spades, I think. Uh, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to mix these guys up. I'm simply going to have you reach in and remove one at random. Just one. I don't care which one. Just one. Doesn't matter to me. Right. Now, the odds against this are pretty astronomical. Wouldn't you agree? Oh, come on. <laughs> Stop it, Hondo. What, come on. Think? I grabbed the king of spades. Come <laughs> on. We wanted to end on a victory. Yes, that's right. Come on. <laughs> Unbelievable. Thank you, man. Fantastic. All right. Hondo, thank you very much. Thank you, Patrick, uh, for uh, being here with us. Thank you, you know, all. Yes, yes. Sorry you got so wet out there today, people. But uh, Hey, Pat, really quick, speaking of magic last night, we, Manny and I never even got to tell you our story. Well, We'll, uh, we'll have that. Uh, you might as want to stick around for this story. So, all right. Uh, yesterday, first day of the fair, I was here until uh, 6 o'clock and scurried over to make the uh, 6.15. You guys stayed uh, well, we had to do the, the beer, beer show. show. Yes. Yeah. You were hosting the bear show, and yep. Manny was running the board. That's sure. just like we have done every week for the past couple of years. Then yeah. what happened? So we, <laughs> you know, what, what tip typically ends up happening, because it's the very first day, it's extremely celebratory, Pat. Yes, And right. uh, we had the great people from Summit Brewing over here. Mark Stutrud, the owner and founder of Summit Brewing, was nice enough to join us for the entire hour. And he's as gracious as can be. Here's the one problem. When he comes on the show, he brings about 
seven million dollars worth of beer with him to, uh, okay. to 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 hand out to everybody because that's the kind of guy he is. He wants to take care of of, of people. This so, is the summit guy. This is the Mark Stetter, the owner. This is of the guy who started it all, right? The, no more craft beer the is craft sold beer on these grounds than Summit EPA. Well, plus, they were the first one. That's right. There, that's right, right baby. Okay. So Manny and I hung out here for a little bit, and then we thought, you know what, let's let's wander up to the Ballpark Cafe and get one of Perky's beers. Sure. So we walked up there. Which wasn't your first Perky beer of the day, but that's another point. That's true. Yeah. So uh, we walked up there. We had another one, and uh, we ran into some friends up there. And then we thought, you know what, let's go take in Tower of Power at the Liney sure. Lodge. Mm-hmm. So is we, that, are those, now, is the Liney Lodge free? Liney Lodge is full. The beer isn't free, but you can watch a show there but, for absolutely no cost. But there no had cost. to be a Correct. mob of there, people. There oh, was yeah. a lot Plenty of people, of people up people, there. Yes, and yeah. they're playing again tonight, so I imagine even despite the rain, they're still going to get a good crowd there for a Friday night. And then we were on our way back to the shuttle, and our friends from Elevated, it was uh, Ryan, who owns the store, who's been on the beer show since day one, and his beautiful wife, Sarah, who was carrying around the baby, and she said, I you know, saw the baby. She yes. said, I want to go to the haunted house. Oh, with, and Manny, with the baby. And Manny had the great line. He says, black people don't do haunted houses. <laughs> 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 <I> sure don't. <laughs> but he was such a soldier. He Did still went in. He... I, I, I led the way. <laughs> <laughs> I led the way. And I looked back at everybody and said, okay, you're going to make the black guy. The black dude go first. The black dude, we don't even go into these things. No. going to make me go first. No. Oh, hell no. Oh, that was an experience. I have... It, Manny, you were such a trooper, and I was I was proud of you. As your big I'll, brother in radio, uh, I was did very you know proud of you. It, when did you know it was a mistake? How far into the haunted house? Oh, well, see, I'm a tough guy, though, and I, and I love horror movies. So, yeah. I, you know, it, it didn't really bother me that mm-hmm. much. We go around yeah. the corner, and there's the one guy with the big clown mask and the fake blood all over. And Manny <laughs> says, do not scare a black man. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah, so then we ended up taking, we, we got back, we did the shuttle ride home, and everybody got home safe and sound. It was fantastic. But we, we thought, you know what, it's beer show night. We've got to take full advantage of day one here at the Minnesota State Fair. Well, uh, I, I thought there might be even more adventures of this one. Uh, on last Thursday? Well, see, you got to kind of ease into it, Pat. You can't mm-hmm. go all out, you know, day one, because then you just run out of steam for the rest of the time that you're out here. Uh, well, uh, that's, uh, that's uh, yeah. I re- you know what I remember my youthful appearances out here back when I was a high school, my first summer in Prior Lake. Okay. And I got, went to the fair with some of the fellows who I just met. Okay. 17. No problem. <laughs> <laughs> you went to the beer garden and you started ordering beer. Right. No problem. That was before we had strict regulations out here <laughs> people now i don't think the 18 was the age then either but uh yeah for about a couple of years there it was uh that i was there they uh you, you could just come out here and drink and then i think they had some incidents and they um they they kind of well, cracked down how about this though i mean we were talking about this very thing last night i mean they go through thousands and thousands of kegs out here over the 12 days of the state fair and up until just a couple of years ago, all of the beer here was 3-2. So, Pat, you're talking about Surly, you know, this ma- magnificent, large craft brewery. Hey, UTEP, stay here a second, UTEP. Stay here a second. And they had to brew a special blend that was lower in alcohol content just to sell here at the State Fair. Well, that's, that's good. I got to talk to UTEP here. All right, Manny, Texas watch. Western, how loyal are you to UTEP? Did you go to school there? 
Manny, why don't you grab him a wireless yeah. mic that's right yes. back over here. Yes. His uncle went oh. to University of Texas, El Paso. Well, of course, Texas Western, now UTEP, was the first black uh, school with an all-black lineup to win the national championship. Dirty, Dabby, Dirty Daddy Davey Latin, Willie Cager, Willie Warzel, Warsley. And the coach was Don Askins, yeah, correct? Neville okay. Shedd. Yep. I think I gave you four of the starters. I can't think of who the fifth one is. Maybe it was you, Pat. Um, <laughs> well, I, I could have played with that collection. You could Davey Latin, Neville Shedd, Willie Worsley, Willie Cager. Damn it, I can't think of the other one. If you got the fifth one, I'm impressed as that. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Anyway, I love Texas Western. So uh, I liked it better when it was named Texas Western, though. That was a great name. Yeah, UTEP's kind of cool with my shirt, man. Yeah, well, that looks pretty good. That's right. Appreciate that, Patrick. All right, sir. Thank you. See ya. Yes. You know, that's not every day that you're going to get a UTEP fan here at the Minnesota State Fair. No, that's not. No, it's not. And uh, we're going to have to look that up during the break, of course, now. Well, I got a computer here. What do you want me to look up? All right. Texas Western. Okay. 1965. Texas Western, 1965. I think it was 65, right? Okay. Or it was 66. Let me turn I'm Manny's sure. mic back up here before I do that. Texas Western. Now, didn't they do a movie on this yeah. one? Glory Road. Glory Road, that's yeah. right. Very good movie. You want the 1965 Which was interesting team. is they had the Kentucky fans waving flags, uh, Confederate flags, and the Kentucky did not fight for the Confederate. Don Haskins was in his fifth season. Okay. You want the roster. Is that what you want, oh, sir? I want know who the starters were but let me look at the roster all right here's your roster you've got i uh, no, i willie cager is there there's the willie fifth cager. starter yep. bobby joe hill dave latin yep neville shed and willie worsley and or wait why is there another guy highlighted orston uh, artis uh he might have came off the bench okay. but uh the uh, guy I forgot was uh bobby joe hill who was a fantastic player too that's a great basketball name too okay I Am I the only guy at the Minnesota State Fair in the last two days who could name four of the five starters for Texas Western's national championship team? You're the only guy in Minnesota. <laughs> <laughs> but here's the key, ladies and gentlemen. Now, double or nothing, where did you put your keys? Uh, I, I actually hope I have them because my car is parked at Target Field. So, uh, I'd hate to get there and have them still be in the I office. don't know where my keys are, but I can remember right. how many yards the Lions had on Thanksgiving Day against the Vikings. <laughs> 60, right? I told you. 60, 60. Yeah, you yes. nailed it. And you I nailed, nailed it. it. That's, uh, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's quite a thing. Does that First, like the 1960 Edgerton basketball team, and I have the advantage, but everybody can name... Kroon, Wienhoff, Verdos. Oh, sure. Kroon, Wienhoff, Verdos, and Grafentine. Okay. Because all four of them made the all-tournament team. Well, I mean, who but Yeah. you're not a real Edgerton historian unless you know the fifth starter. Bob Wearda was the fifth starter. <laughs> so uh, that's uh, that's almost as good. But I, I'm very impressed with uh, remembering four out of the five UTEP starters. Uh, pretty Texas good. Texas Western that's starters, pretty good. yes. Now, does this yes, work on the DA? Hey, DA. I got yeah, it. yeah, I know you're mad at me, but hey. <laughs> you ever hear Neville Shedd? I did. Right. <laughs> yeah, that uh, doesn't work uh, great for her. No, no, it doesn't. Uh, did you mention why Why does that team stick with you so much? Uh, because they beat Kentucky, and they were this 
you know, that was quite a period of uh, NCAA basketball because these schools from non-major conferences, Loyola won in 63, Texas Western won, and uh, it was a far different college basketball then. But the Loyola Ramblers of 63 was okay. a, like a miracle now, team, too. The Kentucky team that lost to Texas Western, was Rupp coaching that team? Yes. Yeah, was, he was okay. still coaching. Yeah, okay. he was coaching. Now, did you have the deep-rooted hatred for Kentucky much like you do for Duke now? No, back no, then? no, no, no. Okay. I did not. I, I, in fact, I, I kind of like Kentucky basketball because they're psychotic. They're nuts. <laughs> I mean, it, there's, it is name the hotbed of college football, and then Kentucky is Kentucky. I mean, they're, I love a state where basketball is more important than football. Sure. And in the South, which is amazing that Kentucky cares more about, uh, about uh, football. I love the rules you have set up for teams. That's fantastic. Mm-hmm. I love- <laughs> well, hey, I was at Lexington for Villanova and Georgetown. Okay. which is a rather memorable game. But uh, they were given the Rupp Award. I can't remember who won that year, but they were given the Rupp Award. And Happy Chandler, who was a commissioner of baseball and a former governor of Kentucky, and he was about 95 years old, but they brought him out to present the Trump Award. And he talked about Adolph, and his story was uh, how Adolph had do something to offend somebody and he'd say and he said every time adolph got his teeth in the ringer he called me up and i had to get it out for him <laughs> up there at the at the presentation and all these guys are going like this and happy's up there rambling like a uh i think it might have been hilarious. wasn't ewing i don't think because ewing was uh might have been ewing maybe it was ewing i'm not sure but uh yeah that was uh that was a highlight too having happy chandler say that Hondo, thanks for your time, sir. This Thank is great. You Patrick. Yes, and uh, I think every trick worked. We just had a. It's it's hard to do that full deck upside down thing on the radio. Hondo also never been stumped. Never been stumped. Never been stumped. Can I mention? Uh, yes, yes, mention. Uh, if you're if, if you're interested in looking for me for an event, HondoMagic.com is my website. All my pictures, videos, and everything's on there. HondoMagic.com and. Uh, I haven't retired yet. That's good. That's that's good. What's your uh, what What's your best gig you've had lately? Probably in December, uh, the University of Notre Dame uh, flew me out to do eight performances in six days for on cool. campus for all their nice. staff uh, department holiday parties. Oh, really? Fantastic. Stayed on campus at the Morris Inn and uh, it was oh, beautiful. Yep. yep. I'm going to the Michigan game on September first. All right, that'll be uh, good. All right, uh, we uh, shall return. This is the Ride with Royce at the Minnesota State Fair. The Ride with Royce is live here at the 2018 Minnesota State Fair. We would like to thank once again our sponsor for the day, which is, of course, the Center for the American Experiment. And here in the newsroom is Johnny Height with a very conversational sports <laughs> update. Manny, that means we got to talk a lot here. Yeah, yeah. I can dig that. You guys carry this, okay? I'll just once in a while I'll talk. Sounds good. Uh, the Twins will play the A's again tonight at Target Field. Uh, Jake Odorizzi goes for the Twins, hoping to make it past five and a third inning tonight. And hoping to keep the game under three and a half hours. That'd be nice, yeah. My you, goodness. You think he can go seven? When's the last time he went seven innings? 
You mean a start that might take seven hours? Is that what you said? Exactly. <laughs> uh, Sean Manaya will pitch for the A's. The Twins, by the way, put Bobby Wilson on the DL today. He's got a sprained uh, a knee. And Willens Ostradio, Patrick's right. guy, has been uh, brought back up. From I'm the very Miami excited Lakes. to see him back on the, back with the big club. <laughs> so can I make a complete confession? Sure. Okay. You know me. I'm a diehard. I love the Twins. Uh-huh. They're my squad. Baseball's my favorite sport. I want the local nine to be good. Uh-huh. When we were up at the ballpark cafe last night, so Manny and I, I don't know if you heard the story, yep, but Manny I and I with, yep. the, with the beer show crew, yep. we went to go grab another closer IPA because we want to sure. support our guy Glenn Perkins. Good stuff. And they had the Twins game on up there, and I want Oakland to win. Because <laughs> I want Oakland. I'm rooting I for was, Oakland. You know, I'm a, I root for the Twins, but when I turned it on when I got home last night. And saw was, that the Twins were winning. It was the eighth <laughs> inning. I thought, wow, the Twins are up. What well, and it, again, cause it's just because they have fallen out of contention. They don't really have a shot at the postseason. It's all about growth, the future, blah, blah, blah. And I'm all blah, in blah, on the blah. Oakland A's making the playoffs, but more importantly, getting winning the division. I think that would be fantastic. Did, uh, I'm sorry, go ahead. Well, no, I was just going to say, I've been saying it for the last couple of days, it would be nice to see Moneyball finally oh, get yep. the culmination of it, everything yes. that it started so many I, years ago. I know? couldn't agree with that more. I, I'm rooting for an Oakland-Milwaukee World Series. <laughs> that I would think be that, pretty cool. I think that would be awesome. Uh, I was sitting back here when you guys were talking about last night. Did you guys see any of Tower Power? You saw a little bit? Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. we didn't really – we could hear could a hear. lot of them, but because you know how that stage is at the yeah. Liney Lodge, yep. and we were back by where the, the, yep. the, beer, the beer area, well, that's – Shockingly, that's where we were standing. <laughs> I'm shocked. Yeah. Well, that would have been cool. We put the page up for John Line and Google, too, to buy us some. <laughs> that didn't uh, happen. The Vikings, uh, they're playing tonight downtown. A lot of stuff going on downtown tonight. The Vikings are playing their third preseason game. They play Seattle at U.S. Bank Stadium. What are we rooting for, Manny? Uh, nobody, no other offensive lineman getting hurt. Ding. That would be that would that would be. That's nice. a good first step. Yep. Do we know if Dalvin Cook is going to play? Are we going to see Dalvin Cook? Oh, that's true. He no. has not. Well, we it, haven't seen him at all. You probably do yet. need to get him in at least a little bit here before and, the regular and this season. This would be the opportunity because this is going to be the closest preseason game to, that's going to look like yep. an actual game because the starters are going to play well into the game before you pull the them out. The last so. comment I saw was yesterday where they still weren't sure. So that doesn't help us much. Yeah, they're being very conservative. Well, it it is a pretty significant knee injury, but I agree. Right. You, you you would like to see him participate at some point before the regular season. It would be nice season. to get him a series at yeah. least. Yeah. Uh, also tonight at the Minneapolis Armory, big boxing matches. Minneapolis native Jamal Shango James and Osseo's golden Caleb Truax uh, featured in two of the bouts. James is 23-1. and one. He's ranked number three in the World Boxing Association's welterweight class rankings. He'll fight Mexico's Mahanre Montez. Uh, last December, Truax, of course, became just the second Minnesotan in a century to hold a world title sanctioned by one of boxing's major governing bodies. Uh, tonight will be his first bout since he lost the International Boxing Federation super middleweight belt in April. He faces Brazil native Fabiano Pena. Uh, doors for the Armory have uh, just opened at 5 o'clock, the first of 13 scheduled bouts beginning at 5.30. James's fight, which headlines a national broadcast on FS1, tentatively slated for 9 o'clock. Truax's fight should start close to 10 o'clock. And it is interesting that they scheduled these fights at the Armory tonight on the same night that the Vikings are playing a preseason yeah. game. The Army, of course, is within walking distance of U.S. Mm-hmm. Bank Stadium. Uh, it so is a shame because, uh, it, you know, Pat has been raving about the this new arena out there, and and, yeah. and, and he's not alone. A lot of people have. And it, if there wasn't 7 million other things going on right now, 
I think it'd be cool to go over there and watch a it fight. It would be very cool, yeah. I'm not paying for a ticket, you know, so if anyone wants to give me one for free, but I'm just saying it would be kind of cool. Get to... Reavers on <laughs> Right. Actually, I don't think we legally can do that, can we? I was amazed, and I, you know, I'm, I'm not a huge boxing fan, but I was amazed to see that there are 13 bouts. Do we know what? Doesn't that take a while? Are there three rounders, or what? How's that work? Well, just like I bet you're... you the Twins game is longer. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> Well, I bet you the Twins game goes longer. <laughs> and I'm glad you asked that, Johnny, because much like you are Mr. Golf, uh, I am Mr. Boxing oh, here. Oh, good. So, yeah, good, I, yeah, I can give you all that information. Okay. I, I, I'm I, I have no, I have oh. no idea. <laughs> uh, also going on downtown, the Big Ten ACC Challenge in college volleyball at the Target Center. Of course, uh, the Gophers did well last year, and they are right now fourth ranked. They'll face Florida State tonight and North Carolina tomorrow. Family of late NHL player Jeff Parker of White Bear Lake has filed a wrongful death lawsuit against the NHL. It's happening in California Superior Court. The 83-page lawsuit alleges that while former players knew they might get injured playing in the league, they did not sign up for what the lawsuit calls avoidable brain damage. Scott Parker filed the suit as trustee of his brother's estate along with his 5-year-old niece, Jeff's daughter, the suit alleges the NHL was aware of the evidence of the risks associated with repetitive traumatic brain injuries for many decades, but deliberately ignored and actively concealed the info from the players, including the late Jeff Parker. Uh, Parker played for the Buffalo Sabres and Hartford Whalers during the late 1980s and early 1990s. This, this brain injury and concussion stuff, man, this is, uh, this is serious stuff, man. You know, uh... Uh, to change the subject uh, completely, I'm noticing that you know when when Patrick took off, he mostly cleaned up after himself. The mayor, for the second consecutive day, <laughs> has left his bottle of Aquafina water, which I know he purchased in the same vending machine so this was at Joe's. the radio station. He did the same thing yesterday because I cleared it off before the beer show began. He drank about a sip out of that water bottle. Yeah. And then he did the same thing yesterday. Take a sip of this. And yeah. Uh, yeah, I'll just leave it here. And of course, he gets in a hurry. So He is always in a very big hurry. He's got to make the light, where in this case, he's got to make the 415 shuttle. <laughs> you got to make the shuttle. Right. Uh, after peeling back prices on some of their most popular items last year to uh, really low levels, the Atlanta Falcons are ready to shock the sports world with no. a $5 craft beer. You're kidding me. Wow. The Falcons will sell the $5 craft beer at their regular season games starting September 16th and any home playoff games. The craft beer price along This is going to make every other owner in the league just irate. Yep. Uh, the Falcons aren't saying who's making the beer. but I was just going to ask what brewery it, it was. It's well, it's Sweetwater, right? Isn't that the big brewery that's in Atlanta? I don't know, but they're saying it's made in small batches locally, so I'm sure it's, I bet it's, sure it's going to be good beer. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Five bucks for 12 ounces, seven bucks for 20 ounces, so you can get a pint for seven bucks. Lowest price for a craft beer offering in the four major North American sports. Uh, the beer was the winner of a taste test among Falcons and Atlanta United season ticket holders. The $5 price tag for the small one matches what the team charged for a regular domestic on draft last year. When compared to beer prices for other teams, the new price is about half of what others charge for craft beer well, on Well, do, do you think when the 32 owners in the NFL get together and they're whatever their offseason meetings or whatever, you think they all, you think the other 32 or the other 31 owners go up to Arthur Blank and say, dude, what are you doing? What are you doing? <laughs> well, that, remember when he bought the team, because he was a Home Depot guy, isn't that where he made all of his money? Was, wasn't he? Uh, he was Arthur home, Blank, yeah. Yeah, yeah and, so. and I remember when he bought the team because he's he was either a native or he was a season ticket holder, I can't remember, but I remember him specifically saying that the first thing he did, he lowered ticket prices because he said, I want 
people that are actually fans of this team to be able to come and watch this game and not and not be robbed blind essentially because mm-hmm. when i was down there i went to the the whatever week it was october 1st i went to the bills falcons game at that monstrosity that they built down there <laughs> but they literally have on the open end stadium it's because it's constructed somewhat like a horseshoe they have a gigantic craft beer bar at that open oh, end wow. zone yep. and you were served right away, but that's because everybody, that's where everybody went. They didn't go get their beers at the concession stand because it was $5 for if you wanted a domestic or whatever. It was really, really cool. That would be uh, at a ball game, yeah. Well, and especially, like, I went to the, I know you're going to make fun of me. I was at the, the Vikings <laughs> preseason game last Saturday. You're such a loser. Well, I, I had an excuse because a friend of mine had flown into town and he had, had not yet seen the new stadium. So we virtually went there just to walk around for an hour so he could check it out. Okay. And two, two cans of Coors Light, two, mm-hmm. eighteen bucks, nineteen fifty. Oh yeah. my God, nineteen fifty for what, two cans of Coors what, Light. What was, how, how big were they? Like sixteen ounces or twelve? Or? Does it matter? <laughs> well, yeah, it could I mean, have been sixteen ounces. Even if it's hundred and sixteen ounces, that's still a ripoff. <laughs> Serena Williams will no longer be allowed to wear her skin-tight black cat suit at the French Open. This is an outrage! French Tennis Federation President Bernard Giuccelli said the tournament that Williams has won three times is introducing a dress code to regulate players' uniforms because, quote, I think sometimes we've gone too far. If this were not Friday, this would be my daily complaint. (laughs) (laughs) In an interview in Tennis Magazine's 500th edition, Giuccelli singled out the figure-hugging black suit that Williams wore this year at Roland Garros and said made her feel like a superhero. He said it will no longer be accepted. One must respect the game and the place. He said, I don't, okay, why why is it not viewed as being respectful of of the game? John, you're supposed to have those answers, John. Well, because he thinks it's too form-fitting and skin-tight. Uh, okay. Perhaps yeah. I bet he's a, more than he yeah, I, bet he's, I bet he's fun at parties. Yeah, I bet he's a blast <laughs> to hang out with. Yeah. Uh, he said the new rules won't be as strict at Roland Garros as Wimbledon's, which require the players to wear white, but he said they will impose what he called certain limits. Do we have a comment from Serena? Do we have a response I, from Serena? I did How not does she feel see about anything this? from Serena. About I'd be this, interested right. to know what she thinks about yeah. this. Uh, Giants pitcher Derek Holland issued an apology. <laughs> oh, no. What did he do? Well, he appeared on uh, the show Intentional Talk. Yeah. And apparently he spoke in a mock Asian accent, and some Ooh. folks didn't like it. Holland yeah. accompanied on the show by Giants massage therapist Harrow Ogawa. The pair attempted a skit that cast Ogawa as Holland's sidekick or hype man, with Holland speaking in a halting, heavily accented voice. So, in other words, if this was if they were listening to us, Rook would be protested about every other day, <laughs> pretty much. <Yeah. laughs> pretty much. Uh, well, but it, but in all, it's 2018. Yeah, you're a major yeah, league baseball yeah. pitcher. You, you can't you can't do this. Well, he he has said. Remember, he does voices. Remember, he does yeah, Harry, Harry Carey. Carey. Yep. I remember that. Yeah. I, he said, "I want to make sure it's clear. This is all on me. It's become a distraction to the team. I don't want that, and I don't want to have offended anybody." Holland said he had spoken to... Is that the non-apology apology, apology, John? Uh, Kind of. Okay. He said he had spoken, though, uh, to Ogawa and apologized and to another Asian employee of the Giants. Uh, He said they understood we were just doing a bit, but I went a little too far. Whatever I have to do to take care of the situation, I will do it. 
It's too bad he's horse crap because he's a pretty funny guy and he's easily likable. But he boy, actually, his career is really well. He's actually been better this year than is he I really was surprised? Really? Okay. Yeah, because yeah. wasn't he? he hasn't been great, but he, he was, was essentially released last year by was it the White Sox or the who had him? The Rangers still uh, White? I think you're right, White Sox. Yeah. Right. No, he did. Uh, he he bounced back huh? decently for the. Well, you know, he's pitching 500 and with a four ERA. So he's a guy. He's a guy. Yeah. Uh, and the NBA's Board of Governors are expected to pass rule changes for the 2018-19 season. Okay. That includes resetting the shot clock after an offensive rebound to 14 seconds from 24. I like that. Wait, so, wait, wait, wait. So, oh, so it wouldn't go to the full. It wouldn't reset to the full gotcha. 24 if you got okay. an offensive rebound. Go to rebound. 14. Go okay. to 14. I like that. Uh, also simplifying the clear path foul rule and expanding the definition of the hostile act to more easily trigger instant replay. I'm going to show you a hostile act at 6 (laughs) o'clock. No more replays in basketball. I I do agree with that. I think no sport, well, maybe baseball, but no sport suffers from replay more than basketball. Collar and I were at a Lynx game a couple of weeks ago. (laughs) Nerds. Hey, they're fun to watch. <laughs> they're the only team in town that wins. That's anything. a good point. I should not. Um, but no, they, they were reviewing whether or not the, the the possession ended at the end of the quarter or something like that. And it, the review literally took like six or seven yeah. minutes. Yeah. Like, what are you doing? The momentum sometimes it's at the so, end of those it's games. It's so ridiculous. Yeah. You don't need to review these things all the time. The Board of Governors will vote on the new rule changes September 20th through the 21st at a meeting. Need a two-thirds majority to pass the legislation. The league says they think the resetting of the shot clock after offensive rebounds will increase shot attempts, especially at the end of games. Uh, only other thing I got for you, there was a day baseball game. Cincy beat the, uh, no, I'm sorry, the Cubs beat Cincy 3-2. to two. David- So they didn't trade Matt Harvey. The Reds. They did not, no. Because they had plays, they had until like 3 o'clock today or whatever. They decided, to, uh, the story I read said they had decided not to make that move. So how I wonder why. Been, how have they been doing since Riggleman took over? Uh, they were above 500 for a brief Yeah, they, they were yeah. A, somewhat of a surprise. <laughs> <laughs> we have been instructed to wrap it up from Kenny Olson. All right, thank you very much, See Johnny. Kenny. We are going to step away Goodbye, for a brief Kenny. moment, and we are going to get a live town baseball report from the other mayor, Denny Laufenberger, when the ride with Royce continues right after this. Get rhythm. Registration is underway for the 37th edition of the Medtronic Twin Cities Marathon, running from downtown Minneapolis to the state capitol grounds in St. Paul on Sunday, October 7th. Accomplish a bold feat while savoring the scenic beauty of two ci- as two cities cheer you on. Run the most revered event in Minnesota running, the Medtronic Twin Cities Marathon. Details at 1500ESPN.com. Keyword events. And join us for Hubbard Broadcasting Day at the Minnesota State Fair. Hubbard will be taking over the over Dan Patch Park Saturday, August 25th, and 1500ESPN will be on stage from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. Judd and Matthew Collar kick it off with a live edition of Saturday Sports Talk. Afterwards, Phil Mackey takes the stage with Jumpin' Jim Brunzel from noon to 1 p.m. Then a live edition of the Beer Show with Reavers and Fratelloni rounds out the day. More details at 1500 ESPN. Thank you, Jonathan. The Ride with Royce is live here at the Minnesota State Fair. One final segment here. Patrick on his way over to the fights over at the Armory in Minneapolis. And so why not then go to town baseball because that is the sport near and dear to my heart. And we are going to get a live report from the mayor himself, the other mayor here on 1500 ESPN, the mayor of Chanhassen, Minnesota, Denny Laufenberger, who is also the nine-year radio voice, public address announcer voice, excuse me, of the Chanhassen Redbirds. Denny, how are you, sir? 
Doing great, Chris. Can you hear me all right? We hear you loud and clear, my man. So we got a little bit of rain. The the Redbirds are down in New Prague, and they are taking on Sock Rapids, correct? That's correct. And I'm right outside New, New Prague Memorial Park right now, and uh, there's no rain. Sidewalks are dry. It looks like uh, the first game is underway. Moorhead is playing Northfield. A tie score after three innings, so uh, I think we're going to have a doubleheader tonight. Fantastic, and I know this is really the weekend that the opening weekend is a lot of fun, um, but when you get to that second weekend, the second weekend of three weekends for the Minnesota State Amateur Baseball Tournament, this is really when you start to see some fantastic matchups in both Class B and, of course, in Class C. My Fairbowl Lakers are taking on the uh, Mora Bulldogs on Sunday afternoon down in New Prague, but let me just get your first overall impressions of that beautiful facility that they have redone down in the city of New Prague. I can't tell you what a marvelous job that they've done with that facility. Yeah, it's really a good facility. I know the city put in some money and uh, a lot of sweat equity from all of the people in the community. Uh, they got brand new, uh, looks like they got brand new lights. They got uh, brand new uh, dirt, uh, ag lime everywhere. And the stadium is just, uh, it's just clean and clean as can be. There isn't a bad seat in the whole house. It's, uh, and what a great tribute to this community for how they have come together to really organize this. And it really is a showcase operation here. I was here for the uh, New Prague uh, game last week when they played the Ortonville Rocks, and uh, New Prague fans were everywhere. It was a, just a fantastic venue. It's going to be a good venue tonight, too. The two games tonight, uh, Moorhead is playing Northfield right now. Northfield is the uh, number one seed out of their region, and Moorhead, I think, is the number two seed out of uh, their region up north. Uh, the second game, as you said, is the Chanhassen Redbirds against the Sauk Rapids Cyclone. And this is a little bit of a rematch from last year, Chris. Last year, the Chanhassen Redbirds were facing elimination in the first round. They had bases loaded, two outs, bottom of the ninth That's inning. Right. And uh, Chanhassen's uh, Gunner McCarthy flew one over the left center field fence for a walk-off grand slam that put Chanhassen past the round of uh, the first round and into the uh, double elimination and ultimately they, they lost two games to the Meesville Mudhens and uh, on the last day but uh, uh, this should be a good game tonight two great pitchers throwing for each team Danny it's Manny you kind of answered my question already but what sort of crowds are you expecting for for these games tonight I gotta imagine uh, a lot of people are turning out for this for this thing yeah, this is Class B night here, uh, Manny and New Prague, and uh, the four teams are, uh, these are, you know, good fan-following teams. I don't think it'll be as many at the stadium tonight as it was for that first game last week uh, with New Prague. I think there were close to 800 people here uh, for the New Prague-Ortonville game. Uh, but I'm, I, they'll probably have three, 400 here tonight. Of course, they got games going on in Shakopee as well uh, tonight. The New Prague and Shakopee are busy tonight. And then tomorrow, the Class B will play at uh, Jordan at the Minimet, which is another great venue as well. And that other game that you were mentioning, too, in Shockby right now, Meesville is up one to nothing over Forest Lake in the other Class B game that's over in Shakopee. You know, uh, we were talking about attendance earlier, too, Denny, and I think the city of New Prague really lucked out with their matchups on Sunday. I have no idea, and I could look it up. I haven't done so yet this week, and maybe I will once the show is over and John Height finally brings me my craft beer. But I want to know what the one-day attendance record is for a state amateur baseball tournament day because the four games are New Market Muskies, the New Prague Orioles, the Faribault Lakers, and the Belle Plaine Tigers. Wow. They are going to shatter. With all of those teams being within, I think, a half an hour, they are going to shatter the one-day attendance record. 
Yeah, Chris, I agree with you, and I have the good pleasure of uh, doing the public address for those first two games, the uh, new Prague-Hanska game and also the New Market Muskies against, uh, I think it's Fort Ripley Rebels, if I'm not mistaken. So it's it's going to be a rocking stadium, there's no doubt about it. I just hope the weather holds out. I'm yep. hearing a little bit about rain, but should be a should be a, a, a great day. All right, so... Game is- Oh, go ahead, Danny. Finish your thought. I was just going to say, tonight's game is going to be a great game. Chan Addison Redbirds are throwing their ace, Logan Spitzak. Uh, he uh, pitched a great game against El- Elko Express, allowed no earned runs over uh, seven innings. And, um, and the other thing is, Brandon Arnold, our all-star shortstop, Mr. Reliable in the field, hit one home run all season long. And against the Elko Express, he hit three home runs. Wow. Two single home runs. And a grand slam, three and two count, two outs, bases loaded in the bottom of the eighth inning, and Arnold parks one 330 feet away at the Jordan Mini Met. Uh, Mini Met. It was just uh, the, the crowd went wild. They finished the game, beat the Elko Express 12 to three. It was a great game. All right, so I know that when we do radio on these airwaves, Denny, we're supposed to be impartial and we're not supposed to show our allegiances, but. I'm not going to be uh, blind to the fact that I'm also obviously pulling for my Fairbowl Lakers and, of course, my Chanhassen Redbirds. How can we yeah. get it done this year? Are we going to get over the hump this year and, and get past those sneaky Meesville mud hens? <laughs> well, no doubt Meesville's going to make it all the way. Now, they're the number, I think they're the number two seed out of the South. I think Northfield made it uh, as the number one seed. So, uh, But Meesville will likely be in the mix. And uh, But I think Chanhassen... This this is a little bit of a, a, a hump that they have to get over tonight because uh, uh, they're not going to be the home team tonight. Sauk Rapids Cyclones drew the uh, drew the home uh, home field, so okay. uh, Chan Asson will have to get uh, build a big lead and uh, and not let Sauk Rapids come back in the bottom of the ninth the way Chan Asson did it to them last year. So, Denny, really quickly, I know that there we got yeah. a couple minutes left here, but just really quickly, I know that they're a big rival of you guys in the River Valley League, but. How cool was it to see the Victoria Vicks make it back to the state tournament this year, a year removed, less than a year removed from losing what was the heartbeat of Victoria baseball in Mike Poppets? I went down for that game to watch those guys clinch, and i got to tell you, there was a lot of really wet eyes in the stands with just the overcome of emotion with family members. I mean, Mike was Victoria baseball. He was. He he uh, he ran that park. He ran the team, and uh, I think you know that everybody on the team wore 44 on their jersey in honor of Mike Poppets. And uh, the other thing, cool thing is uh, there were some you know some exits from the team. Some of the older guys left the team, but they had an influx of high school kids, graduates from last year and the year before, mm-hmm. and those guys played their heart out for Clark. It was just it was wonderful to see that. Crystalline came in and helped them a little bit too. I saw the Vicks play a few games, and those guys never gave up. And it was. You know, when they beat Shakopee to be the number three seed, get them into the state tournament, that was like, that was wonderful. Yep. That was uh, wonderful. And I and Victoria is going to be a good team for a long time. They got some really good core uh, young players that really love the game. They're playing college ball, whether it's at Concordia or uh, or other schools. And uh, Victoria is going to be, uh, they're going to be in it in the mix for a long time. Uh, big rivalry between the Redbirds and the Vicks, and it's uh, it's a friendly rivalry now, too. All right. Well, Denny, thank you so much for making a couple of minutes for us, and uh, send my best to the crew and go Birds, baby. All right. Thanks, Chris. Bye-bye. You, you got it. There he goes, Denny Laufenberger, the voice of the Chanhassen Redbirds. Manny, i got to tell you, I don't, I don't know if – I can't remember if you've told me this or not, but if you've attended a state amateur baseball game, but – it's so much fun because, you know, for the most part, outside of uh, the second and third rounds of Class B ball, it's single elimination. So it's set up much like 
the NCAA tournament where you win or you're done. And so there's a, there's obviously a lot of high emotion in these games, but it's really, really, really good baseball. It really is, and and uh, I actually covered when I worked in Hastings. Oh, that's right. Um, I covered the Hastings Hawks during the summer, and I can't remember. I don't remember what year it was or even I don't even remember what the location was, but they were in the state tournament, and it, it, it was incredible. I mean, you just you watch all the crowds, the fans from every team. I mean, and there's even if there's one game going on, you'll see fans from – a, a team that's sure. not even playing, and they're into the game. Yep. I mean, it's it's incredible. It's a wonderful atmosphere. So, as Denny mentioned, Northfield is up one to nothing. Of course, Rice County. I got to pull for, for for Northfield in that game, even though they're supposed to be a rival of mine. But <laughs> Northfield and Dundas are both still alive in Class B, and uh, this is going to be a really good weekend, folks. If you aren't coming out to the state fair, not going to the Vikings game or whatever, the this is about as close to the Metro too as you're going to find a state amateur tournament with the sites in Shakopee. Uh, New Prague, and of course, in Jordan is the third site. There's a lot of really, a lot of really great games this weekend, and of course, we're playing in one of them on uh, on Sunday afternoon. But it's a lot of fun. So uh, before we go, too, Manny, I did want to I did want to read this. Let's switch gears just a little bit. Uh, there was a statement released from Urban Meyer oh, uh, just a couple of minutes ago, and of course, Brett McMurphy was all over this on Twitter. Uh, the statement from Urban Meyer reads as follows. My words and demeanor on Wednesday did not show how seriously I take relationship violence. I sincerely apologize. I was taught at a very young age that if I ever hit a woman, I would be kicked out of the house and never welcome back. I have the same rule in my house and in the football program at Ohio State. Over the years, we have worked hard to educate and remind our coaches and players of the seriousness of relationship violence. I understand my lack of more action in this situation has raised concerns about this commitment. I once again apologize for this, and I extend my sympathy and or my empathy, excuse me, to all women, men, and families who are affected by relationship violence. This has been a real learning experience for me. I fully intend to use my voice and more effectively to be part of the situation and the solution. Let me say here and now. What I should have said on Wednesday, I sincerely apologize to Courtney Smith and her children for what they have gone through. Here is what I will say to that, to Urban Meyer. You're a liar. You're and, only saying this right now this because Wednesday? you weren't fired. That's right. the only reason why you are. And uh, where was this on Wednesday? Yeah, because yeah. he, that that's, well, anyway, that's a that's another conversation for another people day. People need but, to stop defending him. Yes, stop they do. Stop defending him. All right, stop so that's going to do it for us here on the Ride with the Royce. Thank you to everyone that stopped out here at the Minnesota State Fair. Thanks again to the Center for American Experiment for being our daily sponsor. Jonathan, thank you back at the studio for all of your hard work starting at 1 o'clock today. We really appreciate it, sir. And uh, you know what? We'll do this again. Hey, live beer show tomorrow at 1 o'clock for Manny Hill. This is Chris Reavers. Patrick, we'll be back on Monday. See ya.